This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Patrick Brown, the man who wants to be the next premier of the province, and he is answering our questions and yours. The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Patrick, uh, this morning you called for the resignation of the Attorney General. It's come to light uh, that some offenders, uh, people released from prison who are on parole, are allowed to self-report. And that means check in online. And this includes some sex offenders. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. It it is uh, so shocking uh, and disappointing what we've seen happen in the justice system. Uh, We've been uh, raising this in the legislature for the last two years that the probation system, the justice system in Ontario has too many uh, loopholes that are leaving for uh, opportunities uh, where public safety is uh, diminished. And this is a good example. Global News did a, an excellent expose highlighting how probation officers want to be able to do home monitoring, who want to be able to go check up on dangerous offenders. So we're talking about violent criminals, uh, child sex offenders. And in other provinces, you have home monitoring. In Ontario, Kathleen Wynne and Yasser Nakfi are okay with self-reporting. And they highlighted a case in Durham where there was an individual convicted of child luring. He was supposed to self-report. Of course he doesn't. And then he goes and recommits the same offense. And uh, if he, I, I, I'm angry. I'm, I'm livid. The fact that I, I brought this up in the legislature before and they laughed at me. They laughed saying it's not a serious issue. And, and now... Kathleen Wynne saying her attorney general is doing a great job. He's dropped the ball. And it's not just, you know, the probation officers are saying this is inadequate. It's not just the victims of these crimes who have saying the government hasn't gone far enough. There was even a judge on TV last night on Global saying that he found it unbelievable that the requirements that are assigned aren't being followed. Um. They were talking about when when, uh, the Premier answered your question, she was talking about systemic issues. Uh, The whole justice system is is grossly underfunded. We have a law saying that people have to get their trials within a specific amount of time. And in order to do that, we need a lot more judges. Uh, The legal aid system is bursting at the seams. Uh, People are, you know, aren't necessarily getting lawyers if if it's determined that they're unlikely to get jail time. So, uh, you know, would you put in a big cash infusion and where would that money come from? A a number of areas where I believe need additional resources. One, um, I would certainly uh, provide additional resources to probation officers. The fact that you have people out on probation. It's a joke in Ontario right now that, that you have self-reporting. It doesn't happen, and it means you have criminals re, re, uh, committing the same heinous offenses. So one, more resources to for probation officers. I also want to bring more security to um, the correctional system. Now, I've toured correctional um, institutions in Ontario, and because of a lack of resources, they didn't have body scanners, and many of them, you've got weapons being snuck into uh, correctional institutions. You've got hard drugs. 
being snuck into correctional institutions, so the liberals have dropped the ball on that. And you're right, there's not enough judges, there's not enough court space, and because of that, we're seeing record numbers of trials being thrown out. So you've got people charged of very serious crimes, but because of delay, um, are getting off scot-free. There are too many criminals in Ontario, whether it's on probation, whether it's because their their, their case has been thrown out because of delays, who are getting off, and it's not right. And, and I have absolutely needs to be addressed. Uh, I mean, uh, have you quantified this? Do you know how much money is needed here and where you would get this money from? Oh, the more I look at this government, the more examples I see of uh, of, of waste. There's, there's, there's no. It's about priorities, and right now we've got a government that is spending um, money on shopping sprees for Canada Goose jackets, for pizza parties. You know, for the negotiations on unions, they were they were paying for pizza and uh, hotels without receipts. It, 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 left, right, and center. This is a government that you don't get value for money, where they waste. Um, this is a priority. This is something that actually has value for taxpayers. If you're asking me, do I believe that's a good use of government resources to make sure that a child sex offender is being monitored or a violent uh, offender is being monitored? Absolutely. It's about priorities. Okay, but you don't you don't have a a, a number on it. Um, you're well, it, you're out there a lot. Do you, uh, in your experience, do you think this law and order this is this a big issue for people? I do believe this is a concern that there's significant cracks in the justice system. And, and, and I would say um, one of the reasons I've referred this to the ombudsman is to get a better sense of, of the numbers. The Auditor General has already done it, has, has done an assessment uh, that, that the fact that we're not getting uh, proper value and that there needs to be more resources. Um, but the government is so secretive uh, of their failings here. It's one of the reasons that I push for third-party oversight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just uh, saw an election in British Columbia that was uh, supposed to be very close. Um, we're seeing a liberal government there. Uh, do you do you think this type of thing has any ramifications here in Ontario? I mean, in the previous election, it looked like Christy Clark was going to be uh, defeated, and and she came back with the majority, much the same way that Kathleen Wynne did. Well, I think there's certainly differences between uh, British Columbia and Ontario, so I wouldn't draw too many comparisons. In BC, there, um, the Liberal Party there is uh, composed of Liberals and Conservatives, uh, uh, and it's primarily a Liberal NDP Green Party debate in British Columbia. That's not the case in Ontario, um, and so uh, you certainly can't draw the, the, the similar uh, similarities between the two. Okay, and um, you also are talking about uh, legislation to boost government accountability mm-hmm. and ethics and saying that would be one of the first things you would do. Can you explain exactly what it would be and, and why would you choose to do it with that? So I put forward an eight-step, uh, uh, eight, eight, eight provisions that I would immediately want to adopt in, in Ontario on ethics and accountability. Why I, I'm putting it forward? Well, this is the first time in Ontario history we've got a government that's under five OPP investigations, that's faced five OPP investigations. We have two criminal trials coming up in four months. This is a government that's been embroiled in, in pretty significant scams mm-hmm. to come in. And so the provisions I put forward, I think, would protect integrity in Ontario. Simple things like saying that ministers are not allowed to fundraise of their own stakeholders, people that they're giving government contracts to, they shouldn't be allowed to ask for money. Ministers shouldn't have fundraising targets, that the government's 
um, the old rules with Auditor General had oversight of government advertising, so it couldn't be partisan. I want to restore the Auditor General's oversight uh, um, uh, authority. Uh, there are there are loopholes right now in ethics and accountability in Ontario that need to be stopped. Uh, and frankly, if the government didn't uh, intend on abusing them again, they would have supported it. And they voted against it yesterday, like like protecting uh, government records. You know, we, we had a gas plant scandal where there's going to be a criminal trial over wiping of records, and I thought it would have been a no-brainer for them to support um, the notion that we, that we should protect um, government records and not, and not have uh, governments have the ability to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you see as, what do you think will shape up to be the major election issue? What's going to be the ballot question? I think it's about jobs and affordability. You know, I, I, I'm really concerned that we become less competitive in Ontario and that this great province that was the economic engine of Canada is now a have-not province. We receive equalization payments, our credit's been downgraded. And the question is, is who can, who can get us back on track? Who can turn this province around? Who can make sure we're creating jobs again? Because one of the reasons we're seeing the cuts to the hospitals and the schools, the 1,600 nurses who have been fired, the reason we're seeing that is because the government is broke. They're bankrupt. Unless you get this economy going, unless you start creating jobs, Ontario is going to be in a difficult position. Mm-hmm. And uh, how are you going to do that? Well, I put out last year four pillars of economic development, how I believe we could get Ontario back on track. And those four pillars were, in a Coles Notes version, uh, cutting red tape, we have uh, 383,000 regulations. We are the capital of red tape in Canada. Um, two, I want to link education to employment. We're graduating people for jobs that don't exist, and we don't have a focus on areas we need to, like the skilled trades, like uh, um, computer literacy. Um, so linking education to employment. The Chamber showed that we lose $3 billion a year, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, for jobs available in Ontario that we can't fill. Affordable energy rates getting out of some of these bad contracts, stop signing new ones, making sure that this over-generation problem... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Getting out of the contracts? How are we going to get out of a contract? That can be very expensive. Well, I want to look at all the existing bad deals, and I want to look at the new ones. So the day after the, the Liberal borrowing plan, their, their hydro plan, as they call it, they signed, uh, they, they committed to 1,100 more new ones, despite the fact we don't need it. Of the old ones, of the 30 mega ones... And by the way, of the 30 mega renewable contracts of energy we don't need, uh, they got $1.3 million in donations for the Ontario Liberal Party. They won't look at them because they're their friends. I will look at them. And the, we only have one example of, of one of these mega contracts. The other, all the rest they've kept secret. But the one example we have is the Samsung deal, and there was an exit clause. We could have got out of a billion and a half of surplus electricity. A billion and a half we could have got out of, and they chose to buy it despite the fact we didn't need it and it ha- and ended up having to give it away to the U.S. And so I will look at all these deals, and whatever, if it's not in the best interest of Ontario, then, then I'm, then I'm going to make sure we, we clean this up. And so we generate way more than we need. We continue to give billions away to our competitors. We charge Ontarians through their global adjustment to give it away to their competitors. And I'm the only one who's going to look at this. The Liberals and NDP continue to support the Green Energy Act, which has been an unmitigated disaster. They continue to support these bad renewable deals. And here in Ontario, we spill water power. They say it's about green energy. I'm saying this is about bad deals the Liberals have signed. We spill water power in Manitou, Merrickville, Niagara Falls. Water power is green, but these foreign bad contracts that Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty have signed are hurting Ontario, hurting Ontario families, they're hurting Ontario businesses. Uh, the Trump administration wants to cut 
corporate taxes by a huge amount. Um, what would you do in response? Would you do the same thing here so that we could stay competitive? Well, I, I am watching it very carefully, and we have to stay competitive. And so right now, we're, we're not competitive on hydro. We're not competitive on the regulatory burden. The low dollar um, hides that a little bit. It hides some of our uh, our, our disadvantages on competitive. Uh, you know, the coalition for certain manufacturers who, who, who represent some of our job creators in Ontario have said this is key. If we're going to retain jobs in Ontario, we have to make sure that on that index of being able to be competitive, we, we keep pace. And if there are tax reductions in the U.S., uh, and, and I'm worried that we could bleed jobs, then um, you know, I would be open to cutting taxes here to make sure that we, we don't have another another example of an or less competitive for businesses. I want those jobs in Ontario, and I'm going to make sure we stay competitive. Uh-huh. And, and how would you make up uh, the loss of revenue? Well, I think the opposite uh, perspective. If I'm bleeding jobs, I'm losing revenue. And, and if I have to make sure that I cut red tape, I have affordable hydro rates, and I have to cut... Uh, taxes to make sure we stay competitive to keep jobs, I have revenue. If I start creating jobs, I have revenue. If we continue to bleed jobs, we've lost 350,000 manufacturing jobs in this province. No wonder we're the most indebted subnational government in the world. No wonder we owe more than any other province or state in the world because we lost jobs. If you, have, if you keep jobs in Ontario, you have revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess um, the problem that some people have is is that um, we don't hear a lot of real specifics from you. Well, I think we've talked about a lot of specifics today, but I but but I can tell you in, ter- um, in terms of you know um, money and where it comes from. Well, actually, we, we've made some pretty specific uh, suggestions uh, uh, at each budget of, of where we believe there's waste, where we believe there's there's not enough attention, and we'll continue to do that. And you know, the, the, the Liberals try to deflect from their own failings by saying, "Oh, the PCs, you know, where's their where's their platform?" But you know, everyone knows that platforms come out during an election campaign. That's just a distraction technique the Liberals use when they're embarrassed of their own record. They're the government. They're the ones uh, who are responsible right now. They're dropping the ball they drop the ball it's our duty as official opposition to point it out and 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 when we have an election we're all going to have our fully costed platforms we're all going to talk about what we're going to do to get ontario back on track and you know the liberals will defend their 14 years in office and and we're going to talk in a positive fashion about how what we're going to do to make ontario prosperous uh we only have uh about a minute left what would you like to leave us with we do this. I'm trying my best to build a modern, inclusive PC party. It doesn't matter who you love, where you're born, what the color of your skin is, what your, uh, what, what, what God you worship. You have a home in our PC party. And my focus is this. What's ever in the best interest of Ontario? There's no monopoly on a good idea. I don't care if an idea is left-wing idea, a right-wing idea, an NDP idea, a liberal idea, or a PC idea. If it makes sense for Ontario, we're going to push it, we're going to advance it, and that's our only focus. Okay, Patrick Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.